speak to you in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Not too far from where my wife Holly and I used to live in Chicago is a coffee shop called Sip of Hope. And besides making delicious coffee and tea, Sip of Hope is the only coffee shop in the world where 100% of the proceeds support proactive suicide prevention and mental health education. All of the people who work at the shop are trained in mental health awareness, and if someone wants to talk, they can direct them to all sorts of resources that they have on hand. It's also just a friendly place to be, where all sorts of people can grab a cup of coffee, chat with friends, plug into the internet, and get some work done. And one of the big sayings that's printed all over their mugs and on the wall in big letters in the coffee shop is, it's okay not to be okay. The shop reminds people that no matter what, they are valued and important, and that they are people created in God's image. I don't know if the shop would actually say they're created in God's image, But that's certainly what I hear. The coffee shop also makes me think how from time to time, we probably all need a sip of hope in our lives. On the surface of this somewhat strange, maybe even bizarre-sounding gospel lesson, the story portrays Jesus as a healer. He casts out the demons of a man who in the ancient world displayed all the signs of someone possessed by an unclean spirit. But if we dig just a little bit deeper, this story reveals Jesus not only as somebody who heals, but also as someone who crosses boundaries and who has the power to liberate people from the forces that prevent them from living as people created in God's image. First, let's start with the healing aspect of this story. Earlier in Luke's gospel, Jesus outlines his ministry by talking about bringing good news to the poor, release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, and to let the oppressed go free. It sort of serves as Jesus's mission statement. And in the story we hear this morning, The man possessed by legion is the ultimate outcast. He's naked, excluded from the city because of his impulses, and he lives in the tombs. Now, even being around dead bodies in Jewish culture made one ritually unclean. So there is a lot about this guy that made him an outcast. But in the story, Jesus casts out the demons that tormented the man, send them into a swine herd that go charging down into the lake, and returns to wholeness the man who was once naked and possessed. The transformation of the man exemplifies this theme of reversal that is so much a part of Luke's gospel. This story helps to show how Jesus goes to people and places we think that are beyond repair and works to restore them to their true identity. 
That's an important piece of not only this story, but of Luke's entire gospel that we should not lose sight of. Now, let's dig just a little bit deeper. There are some things happening in this passage that would probably have caught the attention of someone who heard this story in the first century. Things that would probably we as modern listeners would gloss over. First, we hear how Jesus and the disciples head over to the country of the Gerasenes. Now, the city of Gerasa was predominantly a non-Jewish city. It was part of an area very much devoted to Greek language and to Greek culture. It had a worldview centered around the theater, the gymnasium, worship of Greek gods and goddesses. And for Jesus and his disciples, who for the most part associated with and lived in tightly knit Jewish communities, going over to the country of the Gerasenes meant leaving their familiar world. It meant going to a region that did not keep the laws of Moses, meaning it was unclean. And this was a big deal for them to head over to the country of the Gerasenes. So there is significance in where this story takes place. Jesus and his disciples are crossing boundaries. The other part of this story that would have caused first century listeners' ears to perk up a bit is the connection the author of the story makes to Roman oppression. When Jesus asked the demon-possessed man's name, he replies, Legion, to denote the many demons that entered him. For people in the Roman world, legion referred to only one thing, a group of about 6,000 Roman soldiers. A legion very much represented Roman military occupation. And in addition to this, the first century historian Josephus recorded that toward the end of the Jewish revolt, the Roman general Vespasian sent a group of soldiers to retake Gerasa, whereupon they killed a thousand young men, plundered their families, and burned the city. I mention that because this is a region that had experienced its own share of Roman brutality. And the author of this story uses language that evokes the experience of living under an occupying power. There's political significance to all of this. And the author tells the story in such a way that when Jesus casts out legion, he not only casts out demons, but also larger forces of oppression. This is a story that challenges us. It challenges us to think about how Jesus calls us to respond to the powers that oppress and destroy human life. This past Thursday, a gunman killed three people at St. Stephen's Episcopal Church in Vestavia Hills, Alabama. The rector of St. Stephen's, the Reverend John Burris, wrote a letter to his congregation reminding them that as a people of faith, we hold on to the truth that darkness does not have the final word. The light and love of God do. He explained that this Sunday, the congregation of St. Stephen's 
will gather in the same way Christians have gathered for 2,000 years. He wrote, We will gather at the table that has taught us so many that love is always breaking through in this world, no matter what we experience, whether it be doubt, anger, loss, grief, or death, but yet also joy and life. We will gather at the table that has always been open to everyone. This is what we do as a people of faith. We gather together to know and to remind each other that God is with us. This gospel story today tells us that Jesus comes to disrupt and cast off those forces which prevent us from living as people created in God's image. It reminds us that even in a world that at times devalues and destroys life, Jesus works to restore us to our identity as God's beloved, calling us to community and reminding us that we are valued and made in God's image and nothing will ever take away from that. Despite the darkness in the world, we gather today, like Christians have done for thousands of years, to remind each other that God is with us. To be a sip of hope to one another. To remind others that they are God's beloved. And the fact is, when we gather at this table today, we also get a sip of hope a sip of wine, and a taste of bread that strengthens us and reminds us of who we are and what we are called to be and to do in this world. Amen.